You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Bride chillers and groom chillers, there's not oft that I get to meet people in person, people that I really like. That's not true, but I meet people via the podcast, guests in person. And when I met this lass, this lassie at Alt Summit in Palm Springs, this gone, this year gone, uh, gee, I was very excited because we are one. We're both fellow brownheads. We're brunettes. We both host wedding podcasts. We're both sassy broads. Uh, so, Renee Dello, welcome to the show. I'm going to talk about who you are, but I'm just bloody excited to introduce you. Welcome. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> and that intro, can I, I'm just going to listen to that when I'm having bad days. I love it. <laughs> Well, you know what? We met and we connected and we sat at a, we were at a, it wasn't, I was going to use a bit of a bad term and say it was a bit of a wanky dinner, but it was a dinner where (laughs) (laughs) it was like a sponsorshipy dinner, not for Mm -hmm. us, but people were like, come along and listen to us talk about our products. And we were like, let's have a cocktail. We're talking about us. Pretty much. um, Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, great, Renee's here. This is good. I've got my person. Now, Renee, you are a wedding planner. You're an event planner. You're a podcast host. You're an educator. You are a jack of a jacket of all traders. Uh, <laughs> it's so great to have you here. And before I go on, I must say our topic today is things everyone forgets when it comes to planning for their wedding day. And you've got Mm -hmm. a lot of information to share, but I know we will go off topic gladly, but I wanted to just really cement today why you're here and what you're talking about. Take it away, Renee. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, I feel like you and I could actually talk about anything, but for the listeners, we won't go too far off base. But yes, we we met at that dinner. Can I be honest with you though, is that I kind of fangirled on you, did I not? I a little bit was like, um, hi, you're sitting next to me. Very excited. So hopefully I didn't embarrass myself too much, but we're friends now, so I think it's fine. Uh- <laughs> you did not. Well, I also fangirl back because uh, Rock Your Wedding Biz is one of those. So it's an ind- – let's talk about your podcast. You've got two mm-hmm. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a wedding industry podcast, which, of course – I listen to because I like to know what's in the know, who's in the know, what the hell's happening, because I am on the periphery of the wedding industry and really don't know much. Secret squirrel. You know stuff. (laughs) Well, I've been in it for 12 years now. So yes, I I know some things. You do know know some some things. things. So yeah, so there's two podcasts. So Rock Your Wedding Biz was the uh, podcast I did for a year with my co-host Mindy. And that was um, business to business, sort of like but just stuff that wedding pros, we felt like wedding pros needed to know. Mm. Um, and, you know, businessy stuff, but also life stuff and stuff about how to relate to your clients. And I know you talk to our clients a lot. So that's why you're so valuable to us because you have you have the pulse of the people who are actually getting married. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. Well, thank you. And I, but I think the idea that, as I said, when I listened to the podcast, I learned a lot of behind the scenes things, but also I think bride chillers and groom chillers are really interested in this stuff as well, because it's a completely new industry for so many people. And mm-hmm. then learning the ins and outs of how it all goes down. And to me, my favorite episodes, uh, Q&A, I love answering questions, but I love having mm-hmm. experts on to answer questions because I learn so much shit and I'm like, oh man, that's how you do it. Or that's how you save the day. And no one knows about it. So it's, <laughs> it's <yeah>. true. <laughs> well, you're ninjas. There's no doubt about it, planners. Great respect. <laughs> now, your other, your new podcast, we will get to the topic, mm-hmm. everyone. I promise. We will. I know, We're I, getting I know there. some people are like, Alicia likes to talk too much at the top of the show. <laughs> <gasps> Stop reading reviews. Um, 
but I like to talk and I've got interesting people on. Speaking of your new podcast uh, called Talk with Renee Dallow, it's very good and I'm going to be on it soon, so I'm even more excited. Yeah, your episode's going to be out. Well, I don't know when this will air, but a few weeks from the day we're speaking is when your episode will be out. But yeah, so the new podcast I wanted to do because I was actually sort of thinking that the wedding industry was getting a little myopic and that we all sort of talk to the same 20 people all the time as the experts. And then we're all learning the same things. But you know, at the end of the day, our businesses exist in the real world with other industries and other people and other experts who have things to, um, to teach Mm -hmm. and, and, and viewpoints that are valuable. And so I really just wanted to take a wider lens to things. And so that's why I decided to call it very, I guess, narcissistically, uh, talk with Renee Dallow, because I wanted to just talk with people that I think have things to say that are interesting and valuable and not often heard. Yeah, it's good. And, and so far, you've talked about side hustles, which I'm particularly interested in because I still consider bride chiller. And people are, you know, sometimes surprised by this, but I still work my day job. And mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes have full mental breakdowns over doing all of the stuff. But it, it's really tricky to transition from a side hustle and build a business and move into a full time gig. So that really interests me. And also, you had our lovely mutual friend, Leah Weinberg, who people would have heard she's from Color Pop Events. People would have heard her quite a few times on on mm-hmm. uh, this old podcast. Um, it's great. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I think sort of Thank you. anyone that's in creative industries or interested in maybe starting a wedding business or another business that's outside of the industry, I think it's really mm-hmm. great to check it out. So bravo. Well, thank you. There you go. Now, today's topic. So we are talking about the things that people forget to plan on their wedding day. And, you know, I always go back to saying, I, I know realistically a lot of people that listen to the show might not have access to the funds or the connections to planners and coordinators. So it's really good to have these 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 um, topics where we can sort of inform and empower people, but also some of the stuff, and no disrespect to our topic, but some of the things aren't the sexiest things to remember on the day. But oh yeah, no, they're very it. unsexy, <laughs> which is why no one no one ever remembers them because it's super unsexy. It's not the thing you want to be thinking about when you think about your wedding day. It's I, but it's but you know what I think about half of the things that I people contact me about and ask questions about are the unsexy things because no one wants like the wedding magazines and Pinterest aren't talking about the shit because they're like how do we make this a pretty pinnable picture we can't forget it it doesn't right, exist right 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 Brian is never going to write an article like how are you getting home from your wedding day. <laughs> Like they're not going to do it. I want a thousand <laughs> words on how you're getting home on your wedding day. It's just not. But then you're like, fuck, how are we getting home on our wedding day? We'll get to that later. Obviously, that's on we the will. list. But it's so true. And I think it's important we cover these things because that's what Bride Chill is all about, is just giving you this info so you can make the decision, move on with your life. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, Renee, what's the first Let's go step one. We're gonna we're gonna number it. Yeah. Step one. Like <laughs> we've come very organized for step you today. One. We have that's a nineties reference. Yes, we've become very, very organized. Go for it. <laughs> so number one, I always like to start with the wedding day at the beginning of the day, right? How are you beginning your day? How is how is that day gonna start for you? And I always encourage my clients to, to really think about it for a moment and like intentionally create the morning that they want to have. Hmm. What do you because okay, let's pause there for a second then. Yeah. What 
you have you have done a lot of weddings over the years. I have. What are some of the yeses and nos of wedding day morning? And can I just throw in, Rich and I started the wedding, our wedding day morning together, and I was really happy with that. We slept in the same bed and we woke up together. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are weird about that, but I couldn't give a shit what people think because I felt very happy next to him. But what are some of the yeses mm-hmm. and nos you think for these moments? So I also um... – Woke up next to my husband the morning of our wedding, which was great. Our morning didn't go as planned. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, which is why I think this is such a thing for me. So I think how you spend the morning of your wedding day can really set the tone for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So if you know that you're someone who likes to get up and have a bit of silence, a bit of peace, or if you know you're someone who gets up and writes in your journal or does some yoga or needs to have a cup of coffee or whatever you normally need to make your day successful, make sure you're still doing that on your wedding day. Yes. Good. Like you're not a different person because it's your wedding day. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, for me, if I can share the anecdote about my own wedding morning, um, so the night before uh, we had our rehearsal dinner and then we had a welcome party. Turned out at our welcome party, all the power went out on the block oh. that of the bar where we were having our karaoke night. But my, our intrepid friends, instead of calling it a night, decided to stay out till two in the morning <laughs> um, singing a cappella no! just in this bar. My personal nightmare, a cappella singing, drunk right, well, singing. We, we're all theater nerds, right? So that was, it was great. It was actually like a very magical sort of night. That's I won't nice. even, that's a whole other story. Okay. But, but... I had this illusion that I was going to go to bed at 11 p.m. P.S. I never go to bed at 11 p.m. Like I'm I'm an, I'm a night owl. So I didn't go to bed at 11 p.m. I didn't drink, but I also didn't get to bed till 3 a.m. Oh, so the morning of my wedding, the way that Joe and I woke up was because someone was pounding on our door and that someone was our hair and makeup team. No. That, swear to God. And I, my eyes flew open and I looked at him like a lunatic and I was like, oh my God, what time is it? And he was like, I think it's eight o'clock. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, go into the door. I got to get in the shower. So I literally took like a 10 minute shower, which is also not my jam. Like I'm a long shower gal while, while Joe like cleaned up the room and like got them ready. Like we were supposed to be up at six. We were supposed to have some bagels together. Like we had a different plan for that morning. It didn't go according to plan. He ended up running out to get bagels and coffee for everyone. Like it was just like frantic. And so we recovered. The rest of the day wasn't as frantic, but I always just really, really, really encourage like just have an intentional morning, whatever that means for you. That's nice. And I, I do think, look, I love in the morning, I love getting up and I make a pot of coffee, always two cups, and I like to sit in silence and Rich likes to sit in silence. And I think that works for us. I, I don't think you mm-hmm. should need to be, if the idea of 20 people bombarding me at seven o'clock in the morning and coming in like, wow, it's your wedding day. Wah, wah, wah. Again, not my scene at all. I like a bit of Mm-hmm. peace and space. So it's really good you mentioned that because maybe not going getting with a bunch of people straight away is a good idea if that's not what makes you feel good. Right. And then I always ask, so where is everyone getting ready? So if you're doing the you know hair and makeup professionally done, if you're doing that with your potential wedding party or your parents or mother's aunts, you have to figure out where everyone's going to get ready. And they, A, don't all have to show up at the same time, which could help your sanity. But they need a clear direction on where things are happening and and what they're invited to. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes people just think like, oh, it's assumed that they know they're coming to my room and they're going to get their hair and makeup done and then they're going to leave and go to their own room. It's like, at this point, you can't over-communicate too much. Yep. 
Do you think we need to be communicating about I will be feeding you or you need to bring your own packed lunch or do you need to give them that information as well so they sort of know what sort of vibe the morning's going to be? I think so. I also think you know your people best and like I'm someone who gets super hangry. So (laughs) I'm someone who will ask like, what are we doing for breakfast? What's happening? Or do I need to make a Starbucks run? You know, um, Certainly not putting the um, pressure or expectation on the bride, but just as for general knowledge, will there be something for us to eat? Because the thing is, your wedding day, as I'm sure you say all the time, and I know I do, is very long, and no one ever thinks about eating until they're it's till it's too late, until someone's lightheaded or someone's cranky, and then it's like, oh well, there's no time to get food. Like, just make a little plan for that. Never be too many snacks, in my point of view. And we can someone can always take them home later. But over snacks, suggesting getting that sort of stuff together, not a bad thing. And also, give it someone a job. Someone doesn't have a job to say you bring snacks. You're really good at snacks, girl. Give us lots of snacks. Oh, oh, that's so key. Snacks, and everyone loves the girl who brings snacks. Oh my god, what a winner! That girl is like our best friends. Good. Thanks, Love snack it. girl. All right, that's good. So <laughs> where are we getting ready? And also, quick question for you then, looking at people getting ready in hotel rooms or, you know, finding different places. I mean, it depends on your venue. But just tell me about selecting a room to get ready in. I mean, I'm hoping people go and look at this room prior to the day. But if you've got vendors coming in and out, what are some of the things we should look yeah. for and just be aware of? If you have the luxury of going to look at the room beforehand or choosing a specific kind of room, I always say choose one with a tremendous amount of natural mm-hmm. light. Get the biggest windows you can. Get the balcony with the drapes open if you can. Um, you're probably going to want some high chairs like a, like bar stool height chairs for your hair and makeup people. You're probably going to want more than just a bed and a bathroom. You probably want another additional couch or some other area for people to spread mm-hmm. out in. Um and I always like, just for for my own sanity, to be closer to the elevator. Like, I'm like, get one closer to the elevator, especially, you know, like a, one of those, you know, bigger resorts, because then otherwise you have people traipsing through the hallways forever trying to yes. find you. Oh, those long halls. But that's in a perfect world, well, right? Like, well, hey, we'd, well, let's work with it. I mean, if you can only ask. You can only ask, just wish True. to the hotel gods. Okay, this is good. All right. True. Number two. I like this one. What are we going to eat for breakfast? This is like, again, I just, the food stuff, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, try not to order things like messy with syrup when you have formal clothing lying around. (laughs) Just saying. Just a thought. (laughs) This is a very wise thought. Not that I'm saying I've seen a bridesmaid covered in maple syrup because I definitely have. But (laughs) have you? (laughs) Try to limit the amount of things that can stain things. I absolutely have. Yes. How did that happen? Uh, well, there was mimosas, there were pancakes, there were flimsy room service table, you know, those table trays and just a lot of gesturing. And then the fork flipped and it flipped onto her dress. And then there was like maple syrup on her boob. And listen, the tide stick can only do so much. And at some point I was, I just, you know, when, when the stain situation happens, I'm always the first one to be like, listen, they'll take it out in Photoshop, like sure. move on. We got to keep really going. That's a really good point. Like I mean, red wine or anything spilled somewhere. Photographers yeah. are very clever. Don't let it ruin your day. Just move mm-hmm. on. Enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. We don't have a second dress. No one cares. Yeah, move good. on. Tide sticks are a good idea. We were looking actually at adding them to the next run of Oh Shit Kits when we do a little bit of an update. And I think they're mm-hmm. a good idea. 
They're very clever. The Shout Wipe is also oh, good as well. Good. All right. Good suggestion. I'll contact our friends at Shout. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anyone at Shout. Nor tired, but Me I'll either. find them and I'll find them. Yeah, good. Eating things for breakfast, very good point. You've got to keep your energy up. Also, if you're in a hotel or something, have a lovely special breakfast. Get them to send up something fun. Mm, absolutely. Um, I was talking to the lovely uh, Megan Ellie recently. She came on uh, the show and we were talking a little bit she, in her event days of things that could possibly have gone awry while she was an event planner. And she revealed all because she can't because she's no longer doing that job. But she, we were. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I know. I always think when people leave the planning business, there's a lot of stories that can be finally revealed. But she was saying, and I think it's really important to reiterate again about day drinking and a little bit bit about how mimosas can sometimes if you've got a friend who's a heavy pourer of the mimosas and if you keep getting topped up that sometimes you can forget how much these drinks and because they're a bit sweet and a bit fun how much they can really creep up on you and you get tanked too early in the morning and also oh. drinking in the morning is not always great well yes and can I tell yes. you an embarrassing story Please. about my own wedding day so um, how do I put this? There are some challenging dynamics in my family. Right. Dot, yep. dot, dot. And my maid of honor thought that it would be appropriate to have on hand some calming lozenges mm, good. That, that were meant to put me in like a chill right. state. Now, this was all like homeopathic. It was not like, I'm not talking about like CBD or weed or anything. She, my, my maid of honor uh, was a yoga teacher. And she just thought like these seem like something Renee might need. Um, and it turned out that the morning of my wedding, aside from being woken up um, by the hair and makeup team, that my mother and my aunt were actually running late for their appointment to come over to the room. They were nowhere to be found, quite honestly. No. I couldn't find them. My mother also likes to turn off her cell phone. when she, It's like a whole thing, right? So I, to my memory, I don't think that I was, quote unquote, freaking out. But I believe that my maid of honor, Julie, saw right. it a different way. And so she offered me one of these, um, I forgot what they're called. I'll find the link Please. and send it to you. You can still get them. Uh, it's like a, you know, a calming lozenge. And I was like, yeah. And I popped it in my mouth in between like mimosas and bagels and, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I took the lozenge. It, not, nothing happened. I didn't feel any less stressed than I did 10 minutes ago when I popped it in my mouth. And so I said, give me another one. I, okay. That, so that, that didn't go badly or did it go badly? S well, and then she okay. gave me another one. And then I was oh, so chill, like so completely chill that I forgot um, my wallet, my shoes, wow. my purse, my lipstick. I literally sent my wedding planner back to my hotel room like six times because I kept, oh, I forgot to pay the piano player. So like this list of things we're going to talk about today is literally <laughs> like my wedding day experience come to life. But I remember, and my husband looked at me like, what is wrong with you today? Like, you're not this person. I'm so type A. I'm so on top of things. And I just looked at him like, I don't know, Julie gave me these things. And then he had to go up to her and be like, oh what God. did you give her? Because like, I barely even take Advil. Like, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that person. But um, so to this day, he likes to joke with people that I was quote unquote on drugs on our wedding day, which I certainly was not. But whatever was in those lozenges worked eventually. And then I was like, so chill that I cared about nothing. Well, I <laughs> 
I love now everyone listening. So let's just take this, take it and go with it. I suppose the lesson here is, yes, some little special drops are really good for relaxing. You don't take too many or you'll forget everything. But also don't be taking any drugs or things that people give you that you don't know what they are in your wedding day because it could turn out in a weird way or it could be fucking great. Either way, think about All of those things are true. Yeah. That that's my embarrassing admission on my own wedding day, um, but it didn't. I mean, you know, it wore off eventually, and then I was back to back to my old self. But there was a moment where I was like, "What's happening? I don't have my shoes." Like this is a real thing that happened. So. Oh, I love this so much, Renee. Look, we are going to go to a quick break, but afterwards we are going to continue our list. We've got a few more to go, and uh, some of these are really like logistically things that I don't think I've ever spoken about on the show. So that's random and great this far into the Bride Chiller podcast. Uh, lovely Renee, there'll be more of you and I after this. Zola makes wedding planning easier and less stressful with wedding websites, registry, invites and a guest list manager all in one place. Now the whole concept of this podcast is to make life easier for you and it's interesting to me that Zola did a recent survey where people that responded said that 96% of couples feel like wedding planning was super stressful and 86% said they suffered stress-induced symptoms like insomnia, breakouts and a lower sex drive. We don't want any of that. We want to be chill. And one easy way to do that is to be organized, to know what you need to do when. Zola can help you stay on track with their free wedding website designs, the highest rated registry of all time, plus beautiful, affordable invites and paper. And the beautiful thing about working with Zola is that you can make sure that all of the information you're sharing and corresponding with your guests matches and all of the behind the scenes back-end information like connecting your wedding registry and they'll help you collect addresses and track online RSVPs with their free guest list manager. Zola has helped 1 million couples get married and they can help you too. Sign up at zola.com slash bridechiller today and use the promo code PAPER30 to get 30% off your invites and paper order. That's Zola. Z-O-L-A dot com slash bridechiller and use the promo code PAPER30. Okay, here's the question for you, Renee. Mm -hmm. How are you getting to your ceremony or reception? This is something that (laughs) – did you have this problem at your wedding? Uh, no, because our hotel was literally three, three, ha- like three buildings away from our reception, which was done on purpose. Um, so here is something that every single client of mine, uh, even though I mention it early and often, by the time we get down to brass tacks, and I say, "How are you getting to the ceremony or from ceremony to reception?" If it's mm-hmm. like a church wedding, is always met with a little bit of silence or like a, "Oh, oh, what do you?" Um, I guess we'll Uber. Which right. tends to be the common thing. Now, there are sometimes, obviously, if you have a logistically complicated wedding or something very far away, obviously, if we're doing shuttles or limos, which is actually very rare in my area in Los Angeles, um, sure. then obviously, I'm not, ans- I'm not asking this question. But if it's a wedding management client and I know they're on a budget, when we get to this part of the conversation, there's always like a, oh, right how are we getting there? Because people don't want to drive because they're assuming they'll be drinking, which is, of course, the right assumption um, for most weddings. Mm -hmm. But then also, 
call, just quote unquote, like calling an Uber, you know, we've all, I think, taken them. Sometimes you get a great Uber. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> so true. And what do you think about Uber Lux and then maybe like just taking it up a notch and Lyft Lux or whatever they're calling it, that you go to those, you know, push the extra button and maybe get a classier car and a yeah. guy that is not wearing a Bluetooth and talking to someone. <laughs> that is always what I recommend. Board. Yeah. <laughs> That's always what I recommend only for the fact that those cars are usually rated to be newer and cleaner. Right. And I would also say if you're taking some sort of public transportation, which is what I consider Uber or Lyft, mm-hmm. um, maybe don't wear your wedding gown if you can help it. Maybe okay. put that bad boy in a in a garment bag and carry it. Great. So if you do have to take an Uber or a Lyft or maybe just like, I bet, I mean, a private car, like the chauffeured mm-hmm. cars can be quite affordable, especially if you're doing a short run as well. I feel like they're a good option. And then you pre-book it. It's not one of these fancy, silly cars that cost a lot of money and no one ever sees because that's one of my bugbears is going, why take a fancy car to a place that no one sees you get out of? Exactly. I don't know. It To me, if you're looking to, you know, lose a couple of bucks off the budget, that might be one of them. But yeah, like, you know, the real housewives are always in those cars. They can't be that expensive. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like a, a car service, like yeah, a, like you said, service. an airport, uh, like fam- fancy car is much better because you can pre-book them. Yeah. Um, listen, there's no shame in the Uber or Lyft. It's, it's the way the world is working these days and I'm, I'm here for it. But I think if you want that extra level of security, of peace of mind, just hire the private car. Um, you know, the thing with the limo or in LA, if we there's a lot of like SUV limos, like the big ones that fit the whole wedding party, you know, those can get quite pricey because they want you to book them for the whole day. Mm. And then you have a way to get home, but it might not be worth a thousand dollars to you, right? It, that that, or gal doesn't need to sit outside your wedding all day. That seems a bit silly. Right. That's kind of how it works in our market. So a lot of times people opt to just do the the Uber Black or the Lyft uh, Lux, which I think is a great, you know, it's great. The only caveat there is if you are bringing a lot of things with you, mm. um, if like I know for my clients, I always take their, their um, anything decor wise or, you know, anything that gets displayed at the wedding, that's already in my possession so they don't have to worry about it. But if you don't have a wedding planner or someone helping you with that, that might be the only time where it might be more valuable to you to bring your own car yeah. because then you'll have a place to store everything because Ubers and Lyfts get a little salty about like using all of their storage space. <laughs> sure. And then you can just rate them badly for being jerks on your wedding day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or just get a relative, someone someone surely yes. bringing a car, just make sure you, pre, you pre-book them and say, hey, Uncle Barry. Yes. We just don't talk at all during the day, but I'd really like you to drive us around. <laughs> Easy special <laughs> job. Don't embarrass us and we're not going to talk about any politics, but please, can you drive us around and don't overdrive? Yeah. Thanks. And the other thing that if you don't have a wedding planner, you might not have considered is you have to account for the time that it will take to get everyone in a car and to the next location on your timeline for the day. So what I always do is I put it in the Google map, right? I get the data and then I add like 10 minutes to it because someone is going to forget something and have to run back to the hotel room or you're going to lose someone en route and they're like, oh, where did Jody go? We can't find Jody. Where's Jody? Add 10 minutes to it. So even if you are very close to your venue and you think that's a five-minute drive, it's probably not. It's probably 15 minutes mm-hmm. to get everybody in the cars, over there, and out of the cars. Great. Always add extra time. I'm a great believer always. in time contingency in any situation is a good thing because you'll always, you know, even if you're ahead of the time, something will make you slower later and you'll make it up. Easy. Um, True. Here's a good one. Uh, thinking a little bit about your purse or wallet. Uh <laughs> 
No one ever thinks about this, but you need just, no. I mean, I'm assuming, unless, as you said, you're staying on site and it's not something you need, then you've got stuff to carry. Girls have got stuff to carry. Boys have probably got stuff to carry too, but I've always got a little shit that I want to carry, like a lipstick and a, I want my wallet, I want my ID because I'm always being carded when I, you know, I look so young. And um, It's true. <laughs> I don't know about that. But unless I'm in Utah and then they, and then I realize they just do it in Utah because, you know, Mormons but um, and the doors. But what, what do we do with our purse or wallet on the day? What, yeah, what do we do? I think that that is a perfect uh, job for your maid of honor or one of your bridesmaids if you have them. Yes. The other thing I recommend, and it's going to sound kind of extra, so bear with me, peeps. Love it. Um, I really would love the bride to get a tote with her name on it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it can say bride if that's your jam, but really just like a tote that says Renee on it with all of Renee's items in it makes it super helpful to not have anyone A, not know where your stuff is, and B, remember that to take it with you at the end of the night. I'm going to be a hoe bag and say, well, we sell bride chiller bags and there's only one bride chiller at it. There you go. So, you know, there you go. There you go. I think you just popped a bride chiller store crack on and buy one. I love bags. that. But yeah, do that for sure. I won't begrudge people if they want to get their name on the bag because that's also quite cute and nice. Good suggestion. But I like a, if, if there was a Brad Chiller bag, we'd obviously know who it belonged to. Damn straight you will. Um, Damn straight. This is a good one because it leads directly into then who still needs to be paid on the day, if anyone? <laughs> oh, this is a big one. So, you know, in today's world, we have Venmo, we have PayPal. And Obviously, well, not obviously, but most of your vendors, if they're you know, they know what's good for them, should be paid prior to the wedding day because the wedding day is too much to also have to remember that oh, this piano player needs four hundred dollars, yeah. and I say that because my piano player needed four hundred dollars right. and I forgot to bring oh. it with me. Um, <laughs> thankfully, my dad had like a, wa a wad of cash in his pocket and was like, "What do you need?" Um, which thank God because at that moment, after my two lozenges and like God knows what, I was like, "I don't even know where my checkbook is." Like I. Ridiculous, right? Don't be me is what I'm saying. Don't be me. Um, Side note, she's very good at a job and doesn't do this at other people's I'm... weddings. Just their own. <laughs> yeah. Well, at other people's weddings, I'm the one in charge of those envelopes, yes, right? So yes. what I tell my clients is if anyone needs to be paid, just put their put their, you know, their check, their cash, whatever they need in a sealed labeled envelope and give it to me and then I'll give it out nice. so that they don't have to worry about it. And typically I get that from them the night before at the rehearsal. I'll say, just give me the envelopes now. And you know, I know there are there are probably wedding planners who are going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, there's so much liability there. Listen, if my clients don't trust me by that point, we're done. Yeah. So if you, yes. if you don't trust me to hold on to some to some checks, I don't know what to say at that point. Um, also, the same thing for tips. Um, what I normally do with tips is, you know, we talk to my clients about like recommended tips for the day. Um, again, they're in sealed labeled envelopes that I hold on to. I don't give them to anyone until the end of the night. So God forbid anything were to happen that would require a conversation before someone would receive a tip, then I have that conversation. Or I simply say like, hey, so-and-so, you know, didn't handle, you know, if, if something comes to the bride and groom's attention or, or bride and bride or groom and groom, I say, do you want me to still give them this tip? It's very rare that that happens. 
but I'm still the gatekeeper in that in that That's case. Nice. I like that they have the choice, and and also, uh, I yeah, tips should be earned, I suppose. And you know, look, I think I feel like I might have talked to you about this in person, but I mean, I always struggle when I come to America. I always get really panicked about tipping. I know a lot of our listeners are in the states, but we do have people in Australia and uh, and Britain where tipping is just not necessarily a thing when it comes to your wedding vendors. Yeah. So I suppose it depends on where you are, but also yeah. even like a little nice card or something to say thanks for doing a cracking job that's something if people aren't doing monetary stuff just want to add that it's a nice gesture honestly as a wedding vendor the best tip i can get is a good yes, review good yes and and i'm charging my clients uh, an appropriate rate for my services so i don't necessarily um not that i don't care about tips tips are anytime anyone would like to give me a gratuity obviously it's very appreciated and i would never you know disrespect someone by saying like i'm not taking sure. that um for my assistants, I think it's really lovely for them to get a little bump in their pay, certainly. Um, but I honestly would just rather get a great review. It is so hard to get clients to leave reviews. It's just um, something that isn't happening. I feel like every year I see it a little bit less and less. They'll say like, oh my God, I love you. And I'll get these beautiful text messages and beautiful emails and sometimes even cards in the mail, which I love. And they're all on the wall of my office. I'm looking at them right now. But the online review is the way that we keep our businesses yep. going. So yeah, I would say don't worry about monetary tips, but just review your vendors. I think that's really good. And it's also like if you send the text message and you're saying, I loved it, just cut and paste that text messages and pop it in the review, you're done. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, please review uh, review your vendors and review your podcasts. Um, what about at the end of the night? <laughs> no. We both appreciate reviews. At the end of the evening, what about all the stuff that's left over? I'm talking about cards and gifts and even leftover decor that you've brought in to the venue, perhaps. Where the fuck does all that stuff go? Who takes it? What mm -hmm. do you do? So with my clients, we have a pretty detailed day of inventory list where I ask them to write down every single thing that's coming in, whether it's coming in with me or them, and where it goes at the venue and who takes it home at the end of the night. So I know the path of certain items. However, Cards and gifts are um, an unknown. It's, a, it's an unknown factor, right? We don't, we don't know how many cards will be there, and we certainly don't know who's going to show up with a giant mm. gift. And I don't know how it is in the UK here. Uh, you know, we tend to see a lot of cards and an occasional gift, but oftentimes when we see a gift, it is big. And it's weird that they would bring this giant gift, but that happens. So I always... Um, talk to my clients about who is taking the cards because I don't want to take their cards. Oftentimes there's cash in there. I That is something that I feel very much um, that I don't want to be ultimately responsible course, yeah. for in an overnight situation. So I always say like, maybe your mom could take it or someone very close to you. Like who, who do you trust the most that isn't you? Um, or sometimes my couple takes it themselves. But then for the gifts, that is something that I do for my full service clients. I say, look, if you have, if there's any kind of gifts that you don't want to take home right then, I'll take them and I'll get them back to you at a later date. And honestly, some of my clients go on their honeymoon for two or three weeks and then come by my house at a later time and take their gifts. And sometimes there are just gifts sitting in my office for like weeks. <laughs> I, I I think you're very nice to be keeping hold of people's gifts because a lot of people wouldn't be doing that. So, you know, congratulations to you, Renee, for being a lovely gift holder. Thank you. I know that there are a lot of wedding planners who would not do that. But for me, it's just such a nuisance to at that moment to say – what I really want for my clients is for them to be able to leave their wedding with like their little purse and holding each other's hand and just walking off into mm -hmm. the sunset. Like they shouldn't have to worry about schlepping their stuff yep. home. 
And so that is why we pre-plan it. Whether mom's taking it, the aunt's taking it, I'm taking some of it, it's all going to get out of there because it has to get out of there, right? I mean, there's no other option. You can't leave it there. Don't leave it at the hotel because they will just trash it or put it in a room and forget it. Some intern will come along and take it home. Forget it. Exactly. So I just, everything has to be pre-planned. And so if you don't have a planner, sit down with yourself and make a realistic list. And then sometimes, you know, you're going to look at that list and be like, wow, that's too much stuff to take. Well, maybe we should pare yeah. down a little bit. Perhaps it might be what happens. Um, lastly, where and how the heck are we getting home? Especially, I like this question. I know we've touched a bit on transport before, but you know, in the olden days, people would it'd be a big thing when the couple left and they'd change into different outfits and they'd get in a jazzy car with <laughs> cans and bloody shaving cream on the back. That's not really a thing anymore, yeah. as much, is it? Like, it's not the leaving. No, but, you know. No. Uh, no. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years. I think I've done maybe two getaways. Wow. And most of them are staged, honestly. They don't really go yeah. anywhere. It's just like... It's like we do it for the photo and then they get the out and corner. like go back to the bar. And we'll have see you in five minutes. Pretty much. <laughs> but we do it like five times for the photos and then we're like, okay, now it's over. And listen, if that is something that you're into, then yes, make that moment happen. But... Yeah, I, yeah, that yeah, that old like you know, just married on the back of the car. I I never see that happen it's anymore. Quite quaint and quite sweet, and I love the idea of a honeymoon outfit. Like we're leaving for our honeymoon now, au revoir, and then they're in some sort of pants or something. But then you're just going to bed, aren't you? You're not uh, really realistically getting on a plane at one o'clock in the morning. And I mean, could you imagine having your full wedding day and then oh. getting on a flight to like Europe after that? I mean, I would just be the most I'd cranky. Take a couple of your lozenges and just knock myself out. <laughs> All right. So we need to think about how we're getting home, whether that is in an Uber or uh, some sort of, you know, hired car. What did you call it? You said a nicer way to call it. What did you call it? What? Oh, I think I called it a town car. No, I don't remember what I said. That sounds very nice. I say so many words. I can't remember all of them. Just kidding. (laughs) No, but honestly, the thing about getting home um, and the reason I, it's different from actually how you're getting to the ceremony is that at the end of the night, um, I often see my couples struggle with the, are we going somewhere else now or oh, are we going back right. to the hotel? And so I think having a, uh, it doesn't have to be a solid plan, but preference mm-hmm. about that. Uh, I oftentimes see one part, one part of the couple saying, we're going with you to the bar and the other part of the couple being like, we are. <laughs> I wanted to go oh, home or to the hotel. So I think not only just knowing logistically how you're getting somewhere, but what your intention for the end of the night is and communicating that is also very important. Um, you know, not everybody wants to go party after their wedding. Some people want to walk into the sunset, the two of them by themselves, you know, romantically, whatever that is that you need, tell your people so that there isn't some groomsman yelling, we're all going to get pictures. Oh, and you're like, no, sh- uh, we're not doing it. I'm going to go to bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Just just the way you plan the morning, it's best to plan the night as well. Um, I love going to sleep and um, I'm a nana when it comes to that sort of stuff. I actually was just reading today, Renee, I was in the booth. I sent you a little photo of me in the booth and I was just finishing reading the end. Ugh, it's been I don't want to make this sound like a task because I love doing it, but geez, it's a big job of doing the audio book of the survival guide. And one of the last 
Yes, nice. I was so excited to get it done because people have asked for it and I'm like, I'm still working on it 50 years later, but it's going to be up and probably for sale <laughs> by the time this is done. However, I was reading the chapter and I forgot how much I enjoyed writing it, which was about um, about the truth about wedding night sex. And I always sort of say that Rich and I didn't have sex on our wedding night because we were fucking tired and it was like yeah. three o'clock in the morning by the time we went to bed and we had to be up at seven. And also we were sharing a very thin wall with my brother and sister-in-law where I literally could hear this <coughs> and it sounded like they were there. And I'm like, I'm not going to have sex. I'm not going to do this because they know and they're aware. No. And then the next morning no. they're like, you didn't have sex. And I was like, great. Well, yeah, I didn't because you could obviously hear everything. Um so sometimes I just wanted to mention yeah. the expectation that you have to have sex obviously is ridiculous. Just do whatever you want to do. Take a lozenge, oh, have a sleep. Totally. I mean, we didn't have sex on our right. wedding night. Are you kidding? I fell asleep in my dress because it was a corset and I was it, it would not allow me to, to like oh, lay no. back too much. So I was sort of half upright on the couch <laughs> in our suite while Joe was opening envelopes. I don't know why that was what he wanted to do at that moment. We were waiting for our wedding planners team to bring our stuff back to our room. Speaking <laughs> of stuff. So we couldn't go to bed and I didn't feel like I really was too tired to even get undressed. And so I literally just sort of fell asleep oh. sitting up in my gown. And then we also had to get up very early because we had a morning after brunch to get to. And I think it's been established that I'm not a morning person. So um, yeah, we we waited. The, after the, um, the brunch, we checked out of our hotel and went to like a little mini moon about a two hour drive away from where we were in Philadelphia. So we we took care of all that stuff the next night. But no, that night, I honestly had no... I had no, I, I mean, I just did, I just thought, I was like, we're not going to do it tonight. Like we're, there's, we're exhausted. It's, it's like not on the list of things that are it, happening tonight. It is on the list. It's if fine. you definitely want to have sex, then I think you just need to, and not to be like strategic with it, but you need to say, hey, we're probably not going to go out with the groomsmen and I'm probably not going to get too tanked and we'll probably have to go back to the room a little earlier if you know that you're going to be wiped out. But also I think just let it happen if you want. You can't, yeah. I mean, planning sex, I don't know if that's, ugh. Yeah, I mean, you have to preserve exactly. that time if that's what you want to do. Next, but also, right? be aware of time. Yeah, I'll also say this: like, I did not, uh, I did not realize that my husband had an expectation of how we were going to end our wedding. Um, we so we got married at a, a very. Um, like a ballroom venue right in Philadelphia across from the Liberty Bell. So it was a very like old school venue, beautiful, just like very elegant, gorgeous. We had a black tie wedding. It was great. It was next to, or sorry, not next to, but across the street from mm. um, the park that is like the second national park of the US. Like it's the bank. It's very, it's all very historic and whatever. But Joe is from Philadelphia and I'm not. So he, he had an idea about this park. He had the idea that he didn't communicate with me until it went awry, that we would leave our venue and walk through the park to our okay. hotel at the end of the night by ourselves, <laughs> very romantically, right? Um, but he did not tell me this. It was, I think it was supposed to be a surprise or like just a lovely moment that just happened to happen, although he had had it in his brain. Um, well, the end of the night did not go that way. The end of the night was, um, quite honestly, my mother just kind of hung out and then walked right. down with us, <laughs> like walked out with us. And I could tell that my husband was kind of annoyed. And I could tell that he was bothered about something, but I didn't know what. And we had had such a great wedding that I kind of, I was looking at him out of the corner of my eye, like, what is happening? Yeah. Like what is going on? And then we get, we get out the door and he takes a deep breath and he's like, well, um, and he kind of looked at my mom and was like, so you're going back to your hotel, which was 
right next to our hotel. And she's like, yeah, let's just walk there. Obviously we would, it was down the block. And I could see him getting like more and more agitated, but we had no other choice. We were locked in. We had to walk. We were locked in. So he's holding my hand and my mother's talking about whatever she's talking about. And we get to her hotel where we walked her and he turned to me and he said, that isn't how I wanted to do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I wanted us to go through the, the park and, you know, why, you know, why, why did she wait? And I go, because we didn't tell her that we didn't want her to wait. She's my mother. Like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know you had a, a expectation of this moment. So I was like, do you want to backtrack and walk through the park? And he's like, no, forget Aww. it. It's already, it's over. But I know I'm still to this day, very bummed about it. But it's, again, this is a learning lesson for, for me, for my couples in telling them, like, please, 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 if you have yeah. a thought about that, share it with your yeah. partner, communicate that, and then make it happen. I mean, I could have told my mom, hey, this is a private moment. Walk home with Aunt Pat or something. You know, I could have said something else, cool. um, but I didn't know. I didn't know. And, you know, everyone always thinks communication is so easy, and but, you know, it's not. It's really not. So you have to communicate your oh, needs well, couldn't for have all of this. finished on a more positive and more truthful uh, note as you re- always do. And uh, well, I've lost my mind. I was just thinking a little bit about the walk and your mum, and I wanted to know what you were talking about, but it's, I can't go back there now. We've already left that conversation. <laughs> I'd like we can to talk know. about it no, offline. I think that's really nice. Great advice. And uh, we got through a lot in this episode. You're very knowledgeable, and I really enjoyed your company and talking with you. Oh, well, thank you. We are, are you? hopefully all going to be reunited at Alt Summit again next year, which will be very exciting. Oh, I hope so. That would be so much and, fun. Uh, Alt Summit people, come and see us. Make it happen. We should do a little meetup of potential bride chiller people coming to Alt Summit. Ooh, that would be great. You know, Alt Summit didn't really have a meetup for wedding Let's peeps, and I think happen. that we should this yes. year, next yes. year. <laughs> Who knows? Here is it. I don't know. It's going to be a big year. Oh gosh, um, Renee, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise. Now, there's a lot that you do. Where should we send people to learn more about you? Obviously, you've got your planning <clears throat> services. We've got your amazing podcasts and all your wedding industry education. So I know we have a lot of vendors listening as well who might know you from all the things that you do as well. There's a lot. Hit me. <laughs> It's a lot. I know. When other people say it back to me, it sounds very exhausting. Um, here's the truth. I'm. <laughs> it's true. I mostly hang out on Instagram. I have two different handles. Um, I have at Moxie Bright Events, which is my wedding planning um, company name, but it's also my main Instagram account. So that's M-O-X-I-E, Bright, the word Bright with a G-H-T, and then events, plural. And then I have another Instagram that's just for the podcast, which Perfect. is at Talk with Renee Dallow which is a newer place that I hang out. So I would say like use those two as entry points. Otherwise I'm going to have to give you like 19 different links and that's silly. Just come over to Instagram. That's where we're hanging out. Watch the stories, do all the stuff and then you'll get to connect with Renee. She's a good lady and uh, I really enjoy your company. And thank you so much for being on Bride Chiller. You should have been on it 25 years ago, but now we're making up for lost time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Until next time, my lovely friends, think about your choices, (laughs) think about your planning and of course, Days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? <laughs>